So we know why God has saved you, right? That you might live the good life. That you might have an easy life. That's why God saved you, right? Anybody want to uh, dispute that? Um, I think it may be more biblically accurate to say God has saved you that your life will count. That probably means it won't always be good in a temporal sense and it won't always be easy. All you got to do is read the red words, right? And we know that Jesus is calling His disciples to an extraordinary expression of faith. Not some, you know, warmed over religious expression, but I'm giving myself away to this great God. If you read the red words, if you read the Gospels, you realize this is what He's calling His men to. It's what He's calling us to. Not simply to have a good life and an easy life, but that our lives would count. Man, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And, you know, as we enter the new year, as we talked about last week, I think it would be really great if we thought deeply about this and we talked to God about it in our personal prayer time that this year would really count. It would count in eternity. Not just, you know, I moved along in my career or the kids got a year older and we're doing well with the children or, you know, whatever. I'm not saying these things are unimportant. I'm saying compared to what God has planned for us in eternity, they are relatively unimportant. We understand the relative nature here. The last two sermons I've challenged you. The Christmas sermon and this last sermon uh, last week, I've challenged you about your commitment to God. Um, As God has challenged me, I think a new year is an extraordinary opportunity to think deeply about where I am, where I've been, where I'm going. You know, a lot of folks just kind of drift through life. They never stop and analyze how they're living and why they're living this way. Am I really just pursuing the easy life? Or have I given myself to Jesus Christ that I might live a life that counts? A life that counts in eternity. I've told you the last two sermons that I've challenged you because I love you. It's the best way I can love you. It's when you come in here is to, in a figurative sense, kind of take you sometimes and just shake you a little bit. And say, are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about things that matter? Are you really thinking about it? Are you living your life in a way that pleases God? You know, I was thinking about it as we sing, as we sang. If you know Christ, if you know Christ, you know the most important thing a human being can know. 
if God, if God, John chapter 3, if you were born again, if, you, if, if your spiritual life has been wrought of God, do you know that you are blessed among men? Do you know that you possess what you could spend 10,000 worlds and never be able to acquire? You have come into relationship with your Creator. Do you understand how immense this is? And are you celebrating it? And are you incarnating it in your life? Or have you become distracted as we so often are with temporal things? You know, the old saying, you're so, you're so distracted with the immediate, you never, you never contemplate or plan for the eternal. I fear that probably all of us in this room are guilty of allowing the immediate to distract us from that which matters. Listen, I've visited a lot of old people and a lot of you know, hospitals and retirement centers and stuff. And this always comes up. You know what they say to me? They say, you know, I just woke up one day and I didn't have the capacity anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you as a 63-year-old man, my capacities, I can, my capacities are diminishing. I feel it. I understand it. I get it. You know, a lot of Christians say, well, I'll just do it later. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give myself away to God later. I'll make much of Jesus later. I'll sell out when it's more convenient. Maybe when my portfolio's in better shape. You know what happens when you do that? <laughs> you lose. You lose. You and I lose when we compromise. When we don't take Jesus at His Word. And I want to tell you what I, I love to say. I, I think this is original. I'm not sure. I may have stole it from somebody. You know, I listen to a million sermons, and so I, I may have heard it somewhere. Jason may have said it. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, maybe Amy said it. I, might, I, I don't know. Probably not. But I remember... I remember studying Hebrews 11, my favorite, maybe my favorite chapter. And uh, I realized Hebrews 11 is not about Abraham and Sarah and Noah and David and Rahab. Hebrews 11 is about God. You know, Hebrews 11, the great roll call of faith. It's about God. God's the main character. <laughs> and so I wanted to say to you as you begin 2019... You can do all He says because He will do all He says. Why can we wholly commit to Christ? Why can we, why can we live like radical disciples in the world? Because our God, I said it to you last week, is God. You can do all He says because He will do all He says. He's a competent God. Don't be afraid in the world and don't shrink back. Do it. Lay hold, as Paul told Timothy, of the eternal life to which you've been called. Lay hold of it. I think it's safe to say that some of you in this room probably are not laying hold of it to the degree that God would have you lay hold of it. 
Listen, it's more important than anything else in your life. We talked about, I think I touched on it last week. The deification of the family. You know, it's, it's, from a Christian perspective, it's just sheer idolatry. I'll never forget what I told a businessman. I was getting ready to, you know, come to Italy, and he said, Oh, man, I'd love to do that, but I can't because of my wife and kids. And I said, What is wrong with you? You don't think your, you don't think your God knows about your wife and kids? You don't think He can provide for your wife and kids? And I told him, I said, you know, you know what you need to do? You need to show your wife and kids that you love God more than you love your wife and kids. You know, you know the most important thing to teach your kids is that you love God more than anything else. Even them. I said, give that gift to your children. Now that's a gift that most fathers don't ever give to their kids. Or mothers either. That they convince their kids that I'm so utterly and totally and completely in love with God, nothing else ultimately compares or competes. Beloved, do you know that's the best lesson you can teach your kids? Do you know that's the best lesson you can teach your kids? It's not to leave them, you know, uh, a trust fund. Trust funds are nice. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm sure they're nice. <laughs> Hey, leave your kids an inheritance. Teach them the, by the way you live that, you know, God matters more. So, why can we commit to God? And this is, what my, the, this is the bottom line part of the sermon. Why can, you, why can you in 2019 and for the rest of your life commit completely to God without... Recourse. Because He's done that to you. That's how God is committed to you. And we, we just sang it. Okay? That's how committed God is to you. We don't have to go any further than the cross. Okay? We don't have to go any further than the cross. How committed is God to His people? He bleeds out. He bleeds out. Again, breathtaking. <laughs> Stunning. So, I've been challenging you. Christmas sermon in, in the last in last week. To open your hands with God and go. Just just open your hands and be free with God. You know? Just commit to God. And see what he does. Do you know what? I give you testimony as an old man. <laughs> it's just fun to walk with God. Some of you think it's not fun to walk with God. Some of you think it's a burden and it's a drag and, and I'm going to end up doing things that, you know, keep me from really finding what makes my heart beat fast. Can I tell you, nothing's going to make your heart beat fast like walking with Jesus Christ. Period. I'm not talking about being a church attender. I'm talking about walking with God. Nothing will make your heart beat fast like really walking with God. 
I think every true believer in here knows that. Every true born-again believer in this room knows that. And what I want to say to you is probably there's some of you in here that have never acted on that. Okay? Well, I'm going to set you free tonight. I'm setting you free tonight. (laughs) You can act on it. Because He is who He is. You can do all He says. Not because you're up to it, because you're not. We're all cowards in the spiritual realm. Trust me. I've been walking this a long time. I've watched a lot of men and women crash and burn in their own strength. We're all cowards in the spiritual realm lest God buck us up. Lest God, you know, lest we're filled with the Word of God and and the Spirit of God and, and we realize that He does whatever He pleases. So I... Some of you have never acted on this, so I lovingly ask you this one question. Just one question. What are you waiting for? You call yourself a Christian. Say, Jim, I'm not just a churchgoer. I love Christ. I believe Christ. I'm His disciple in the world. I speak His name. I live His Word. I'm a Christian. I really am a Christian. So I say to you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? If you're not radically living out the Word. What are you waiting for? Okay, and then I want to lovingly say, whatever it is you're waiting for, it's a lie. Okay? Kind of like that guy back in Little Rock. I can't, Man, I, man, I'd love to, you know, go to seminary. I'd love to, to be a preacher. I'd love to be a missionary. I, well, I got my wife and kids. Okay, what I'm saying to you that that's that's Satan talking. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> God knows about your obligations. He knows about it, beloved. So, I'm here to challenge you, I guess, a little bit again but principally to encourage you to seize the day, to seize 2019, that you indeed would make much of Christ. made me think of Daniel 11.32, one of my favorite verses. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's the Hebrews 11 thing. Why did those men and women live that way? They realize they could do all He says because He will do all He says. So, here's my confession as an old man. I lived 28 years for myself in my own strength. And I've lived the balance of my life For God and in God's strength. And I, I'm just going to tell you as an old man, okay? I'll tell you what's best. I'll tell you what's... God's better. <laughs> God's more fun. You say, well, Jim, you say that because you're a preacher. Listen, we're all preachers, okay? I just happen to be a vocational preacher. You're supposed to be a preacher too. 
if you belong to Christ. You're supposed to be in the world preaching the Word of God. Not only by your life and deeds, but by your words. We talked about it last week. Real believers are not passive with their lives. I've been saying it to you a lot. It's one of the things that I guess has always meant a lot to me. The very simple phrase, you get as much of God as you want. Man, that's... Wow. That's convicting, right? You get as much of God as you want. How much do you want in 2019? How much do you want in 2019? We saw it last week. King Rehoboam of Judah, he did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Now, probably some of you don't realize that if you are not proactively seeking God, you are caught up in evil. That's not how we think. We don't naturally think this way. The Bible says if we've not set our heart to seek God, we are in fact setting our heart to seek evil. Now, again, our, our minds don't think like this, but this is what God is saying to us. It's why I exhorted you last week to seek the Lord. To seek Him. And I shared with you what David told his son Solomon. I'm going to read it to you again. 1 Chronicles 28.9 If you seek God, He will let you find Him. But if you forsake God, He will reject you forever. This is the Word of God. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is how God talks. This is how He talks. So the ball is in your court. This is how I evangelize. I always tell people, the ball's in your court, man. You want God or not? I don't... Listen, I, I've come a long way since, since I first started this sojourn with God 35 years. You know, I thought, well, I used to, it's about how much I pray and it's about how much I plead and it's about how, how you know, um, how clever I am and the way I speak and the thing... You know, you know, I'm just a mouthpiece. This is what this is. I made this will set you free with your evangelism. You just speak the truth, and then God does what He does. You can't save anybody. You cannot save anybody. You speak the truth, and God does what God does. That's why I'm a preacher. If I thought it was up to me to save anybody, I would still be an accountant with John Deere. but because I know it's His work and none of it lands on me, man, there's just that freedom. There's just freedom in that, right? You sow the good seed and God brings the harvest. God brings the harvest. We talked about it last week. God is not mocked. You can't cheat Galatians 6-7. Whatever you sow in 2019, it will come back to you. So all I'm doing, all I'm saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to commit to God 
wholeheartedly in 2019 so unto the kingdom of God because you can't cheat Galatians 6 7 God is not mocked so I'm gonna quote Piper then I'm just gonna get into the Bible because I'm going to encourage you tonight. I'm going to set you free on why you can commit to Christ in 2019. You can walk like a real disciple. You can do all He says because He will do all He says. So, yeah, no pressure. There's no pressure here for you. It's just whether you believe Him or not. And whether you're going to act on what He says. <laughs> you know, it, this is uh, Christianity's pretty simple at its core. Let me quote Piper. I want to see if you believe me. Piper says, human life is all about God. I think some, some of us might believe human life is all about me. My human life, yeah, in general, that sounds good. Human life is all about God. But now, what if I'm a third-party observer and I just look at your last 12 months? And I watched how you lived and what you did, what you didn't do. What would I deduce? What would I deduce? Would I deduce that you believe human life is all about God? Or would I deduce that you believe human life is all about you? <laughs> I mean, beloved, we talked about it last week. It matters how you live Monday through Saturday. This matters. This is what you believe. How you live Monday through Saturday. I know we all clean up on Sunday, more or less. But how you live Monday through Saturday, that's who you are. That's what you believe. You know, on the, on the Day of Judgment, as I've said this to you before, I think there'll be a lot of silence because you know and he knows. Nobody's fooling anybody. Human life is all about God. Believe that. When I preached on abortion two years ago, if you go out and listen to the sermon, you're going to hear that same quote. Abortion is all about God. It's not about a woman's right to choose. It's about God. Everything that matters in this life is about God. Your life is about God. He gave you a life. Who were you before you were born? Nobody. <laughs> God brought you into being. How is it that we, we are not wholly convinced we should live for His glory? How is that possible? And then to sit under the preached Word and have a Bible and own it and not come to the conclusion that I am here for His glory preeminently. Yeah, I have subordinate responsibilities, but I glorify Him in those, right? Human life is all about God. You, your soul, your life, your body... Your marriage, your singleness, your sexuality, your kids, your career, your money, your hobbies, your leisure, your plans, your dreams, your trials, your pains, your persecutions, your heartaches, your, your sickness, and even your death are meant to bring glory to God. So that raises the question. 
Does that sound like a burden or a joy to you? Does that sound like a burden or a joy to you? What I want to say to you as an old man again, I've lived both ways. God's more fun. Even if you end up getting sawn in two, I doubt any of you get sawn in two. Hebrews 11. God is more fun. He'll blow up your mind. He'll blow up your heart as He discloses Himself to you. So, we can do all He says because, someone tell me, He will do all He says. Don't ever forget that in 2019. You have no excuse. There's no excuse not to obey the Lord. No excuse. He's God. He's competent. He's omnipotent. He does whatever He pleases in heaven and earth. You and I can believe it and you and I can live it. So, for the balance of the sermon... This is why, this is why you can obey. Okay. I've I've had two sermons and maybe part of this one, calling you to a wholehearted commitment to God. <laughs> this is why you can do it. It's not because you're all that. It's because He's all that. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. I'll just start right here. You guys know I don't have to. You guys are pretty smart. I don't have to really even say this, but I think it's important to, at the outset. The Bible not only tells us that our crucified, risen, reigning, returning God is Matthew 28 with us, and that He is 1 Corinthians 6 um, in us, but I read the text, Romans 8. God is, remember, what did it say? 8.31, Romans 8.31. God is for us. Now, do you not hear the license in this? Okay, He breathes... Two trillion galaxies into existence. He, he sustains these galaxies by the word of His power. And you think <laughs> He can't handle your problem? You, you think He can't handle the consequences of your radical obedience? He can, beloved. He can. God is for us. I'm just going to ask, do you believe it? Do you believe it? God's, God doesn't say, I'm pulling for you, man. I hope it works out. I'm rooting for you. This is not what God says. God says, I am for you. <laughs> 2019, man. Go do it. Go do 2019. You know, because we're all going to be standing before Him pretty soon. We're all going to be standing before Him real soon. You're like a vapor upon the earth. God will bring His almighty omnipotence to bear in the lives of His children. You cannot stop God from coming to you in obedience. It's Hebrews 11, man. He always comes. Yeah, even Isaiah got sawn in too. 
You say, well, that didn't turn out so well for Isaiah. Well, when you see him, you go ask him how that turned out. We know how it turned out for Stephen, right? When he was stoned, Jesus came to Stephen in a vision. He saw the clouds open up and, 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 and Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I have no doubt something similar happened with Isaiah and every martyr down through the history of the church. God came to them in a powerful way. So God says, I am for you. You know what the cosmos is all about, right? You guys have seen the Hubble Space Telescope pictures. You've seen these pictures. 13 billion light years out. I think, I think it's further now that they can see out. You know what this is about, right? You know what these pictures are for? It's so cool to live in this age. <laughs> this is a parable about how big your God is. That's, that's all the cosmos is. It's just a physical picture of the greatness of our God. And you say, Jim, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I can obey God there. What I'm saying to you is you can. You can. <laughs> Two trillion galaxies by the word of His power. Listen to what God says about Himself. Maybe, maybe this will buck us up a little bit, right? Daniel 4. No one can restrain my hand, God says. I'm not going to give you all the references. If you want them, I'll email you my notes. God says, I'm in the heavens. I do whatever I please, He says. My throne is established in the heavens and my sovereignty rules over all. The nations are as nothing before me. The inhabitants of the earth are like grasshoppers. For my eyes move to and fro throughout the whole earth that I may strongly support those whose heart is completely mine. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you hear Him, beloved? He's saying to you, go do the Word. You can do all he says, because He will do all He says. No one can stop Him from doing all His good pleasure. We have this unbelievable license. Isaiah says, Who can turn back the outstretched arm of God? Jeremiah 31.3, you know it. Probably. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. How long has God loved His people? Think about this. Meditate on this when it gets hard. How long has God loved His people? As long as God's been God. How deep and wide and broad and tall is the love of God? It is infinite. It, okay, <laughs> you're worried that God may have not thought of something that you're going to face in obedience? Man, He loves you! It's not like human love. Our love is like fallen and fickle and sinful and many times self-serving. Well, I'll love you if you'll love me. You know, if you'll do what I want, then yeah, I'll maybe do some stuff you want. It's, His love is not like that. He says, I love you because I love you. 
It's an astonishing, astonishing thing. It's an omnipotent love. And you guys remember what, uh, what God repeats in the Gospel of John nine times, if my math is right. The Gospel of John just keeps saying this, okay? And I think Jesus says it most of these nine times. Jesus says, the Gospel of John says, true believers are a love gift from the Father to the Son. Um, and Jesus says, I'm not going to lose one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to lose one of them. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Jesus says, I'll never lose one of my own. God says stuff like this about His children. I'm giving my people the kingdom of God. I'm giving my people all things. I'm giving my people every spiritual blessing. My people are co-heirs with my son. Are you are you feeling the freedom here? Are 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 you, are, you, are you encouraged? You can you can be committed because he is already committed. He's committed to you in the strongest possible terms. Do you understand? Of course, we know Romans 8.28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, those called according to His purpose. It's a beautiful text. And then I'm going to read to you from uh, verses 29 to 32. Um, the verses that immediately preceded what I read to you earlier to open the, the service. Romans 8, 29-32. Beloved, this is all a done deal, right? Listen. For whom He foreknew, well, which according to Jeremiah 31, 3, that I just mentioned, we could say for loved, in case there are some paraphrases that use the term for loved. For, who he, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, and whom He predestined, these He also called. And whom He called, these He also justified. And whom He justified, these He also glorified. And then Paul writes, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not also uh, with Him freely give us all things? Romans 8, go study it for yourself this week. These are massive, unshakable promises that contain really every other promise in the Bible. God has set you free, man. <laughs> God has set you free in this world, in this fallen, dark, condemned, judged, rebellious world. God has set you free to be light and salt. It's all, it's all a done deal. All those, terms are, all those terms are past tense. It's a done deal. He foreknew you. He foreloved you. It's done. You're justified. You'll be sanctified and glorified. It's done. He's done it. It's a commitment, beloved, that He's made to us. It's astonishing. You know, I've gotten to the point now where, when I think I have a big problem, <laughs> when I think I have a big problem, 
Now my mind goes to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Immediately goes there. The, two, the first two thoughts I have is when I have a big problem and I want to worry about it, uh, I, I go to Ephesians 1, 4. I have been chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. That immediately puts every serious problem in perspective. <laughs> and then I remember... Oh, I'm a rebel and I should have been in hell yesterday. This too puts every immediate problem in perspective, into perspective for me. You want to be a person who doesn't worry and is not anxious about every little thing? Good theology. You know, a lot of churches won't preach theology. It's too divisive. They're not churches. Churches that won't pe- preach theology are not churches. Not in any Christian or biblical sense. Listen to Jeremiah 32. I will make with them an everlasting covenant. I will not turn away from doing them good. I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart and all my soul. This is God speaking. I will rejoice in doing my people good with all my heart and all my soul. What an astonishing, what an astonishing thing. God says, I won't turn away from my people and from doing good to my people. I won't turn away. This is the Word of God. This is what He's saying to you. 2019, no problem. I'll obey the Lord. I have His Word. I have His promise. And I always like to bring this up. I alluded to it or read it. In Romans 8, how many members of the Trinity are praying for you right now? If you're, if you're a Christian, how many members of the Trinity are praying for you? You guys know this, right? Romans 8. Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit's praying for you. you the, the, the text says you don't even know how to pray, right? Which I acknowledge to God every time I go to Him. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to talk and listen. I know the Holy Spirit's praying for me. Right? And who else is praying for you? Jesus Christ. I read the text. So, let's do the math. Okay, this is to set you free. Let's do the math. How many members of the Trinity are praying for you right now? Anybody? Do they? Okay, that's the majority of the Trinity is praying for you right now. Okay, this gives me goosebumps. Okay? This gives me goosebumps. And I always like to ask this question. You know, James 5.16 says, if the prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much, how much more the prayers of the Son and the Spirit? This is breathtaking. Let me just quickly give you some, some of the Psalms. This is, what David, this is why David could be David. He had complete assurance that his God was competent. I'm not going to give you the text. The Lord is a shield about me. My shield is the Lord. He is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In the day of trouble, God will, will conceal me in His tabernacle. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. He is my hiding place. He preserves me from trouble. He surrounds me with songs of deliverance. I love that one. God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. You are my refuge, my tower of strength against mine enemies. You are my refuge and my shelter. God is a rock of habitation. My hope is from God, David says. I'm free to be a man of God because my God is God and He's a competent God. 
Listen, if you go out there and you live your Christianity small, basically what you're saying is, I don't believe He's a competent God. Because He has promised you He will be with you and He will, yeah, be your deliverer. You're basically saying with your life, and again, that's what you really, your life is what you believe. I don't believe He's competent. I don't believe He's a promise keeper. That's what we're saying, beloved. And listen to Zechariah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in His love. He will exalt over you with shouts of joy. <laughs> beloved, this is huge. This is huge. God is not dispassionate or lethargic or apathetic or disinterested, half-hearted or distracted. God will be there in your obedience. So, the question is, what do we do with all this stuff? All these great verses. God's, we realize God is, God's all in, right? I've got a sermon called that. It's one of the Psalms. God is all in. So what do we do with the fact that God is all in? What do we do with it? Well, we go to church on Sunday when it's not too inconvenient. Well, God help us if that's what we think. What should we do with this? And my answer is everything. You should go out in the world and do everything God has called you to do. That's what you're supposed to do with this. It goes back to the list I gave you earlier. In your marriage, in your work, in your leisure in your money, in your sexuality, in your marriedness, in your singleness. Whatever term I, I could use to define you, yes, do it there. Do it there. You know what Hebrews 11.6 says. If you don't know, you should know. If you've been here for a while, I always end up there. God means for His people to not only believe that He is, but to believe that He's what? Who knows? That He's what? A rewarder. Okay, I'm just going to say it to you. If you call yourself a Christian, but you don't live His Word in the world, this is what you're saying. Because this is how He got me. <laughs> he says, Jim, I know you know I'm God. Hey, you know, 98% of the world knows there's a God. There has to be an adequate first cause. This is no great accomplishment that you believe there is a God and I'm Him. No great accomplishment. But you don't believe I'm a rewarder. If you believed I was a rewarder, you would live like I was a rewarder. Beloved, there's just tons of freedom here. There's just tons of freedom here. If God is for us, who can be against us? What I want to say to you is that's not only true today, but that will be true for a billion eternities. God is for His people. And what are we supposed to do with that? I'm going to ask you next week, what are we supposed to do with all the texts I have shared with you tonight? What are we supposed to do with that in 2019? Everything. Don't leave one thing undone. Whatever God's calling you to do, beloved, go do it. And I'm going to 
again, all you got to do is read your Bible, but I'm going to give you personal testimony. It's fun to walk with God. It's fun. It's not always easy, but that God disclosure is so sweet. It's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for this encouragement. Yeah, You call us to commit to You. (laughs) And what we find out after we actually read our Bibles is that You have completely committed to us. You've got blood in this. Lord, forgive us when this is academic, when it's theoretical, when it's merely religious, when it's simply orthodoxy and doctrine. Lord, we know that Our life is what we believe. That's what we really believe. So Lord, I pray that You would set each one of us free in our hearts and in our minds to not be afraid anymore. We've read these texts, these great promises that You've given us. (laughs) We are free, man. We are free to do the Word. Lord, help us. Help us. We're not caught up in a fairy tale. This is as real as the earth that I'm standing on. You are a great God and You've made breathtaking promises to us. So Lord, I pray we would would believe and live. That we would live the faith You've called us to. That we would lay hold of the eternal life that You've given us. Help us, Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand. And I'll dismiss us with a benediction or with a psalm. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of Your wonders. I will be glad and exalt in You. I will sing praise to Your name, O God Most High. Now there... Hey, there's a good, yeah, let your life be that, okay? Let your life be that. I just, yeah, by chance turn to Psalm 9. I'll give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. Yeah, if you're a thankful person, you, you actually have some sense of what it means to be a Christian. You have to start there, right? I will give thanks. I will tell of your wonders. Are you going to be talking about it? Are you going to be talking about the Lord in the world? I will be glad and exalt in you. Nothing's going to hold me down. I will sing praise to Your name, O Most High. Let that be Your life, beloved. I believe, God willing, we're going to return to... Yeah, I've been out of John for a long time. John 15, if you want to read ahead. John 15, I think we're in chapter John, uh, chapter 15 of John. So I think we're... Unless God changes my plan, we're going to be in John 15 next week. God bless. Have a wonderful week. Hope to see you next time.